Hey, what's up? It's Monday and tomorrow is my birthday, which means that this week I'm sharing all things about me. It's a lot of fun. It's a year I have a lot to say and a milestone for me as the book comes out in September. It's called Nowhere to Go. I'm really excited for that. And, you know, if I didn't have Melina right now, I'd probably be hiking up a mountain or doing something crazy because that's just who I am. <laughs> and so today I want to share with you a little passage from a poem of the Lost Poems that will be coming out with the book and, uh, you know, get into some revelations I learned. So let's get into it. I joined the Marines to prove to everyone I wasn't a failure. It wasn't enough to be a soldier, an airman, or even a sailor. The Eagle Globe and Anchor, earned, never given. Ten years as a Marine to the country, run forgiven. Death and darkness became my best friends, the warrior mask with me, right to the end. And even today, I still, I still have that warrior mask on. And so today I'm going to share with you ten revelations. I don't know why ten. Ten just seemed like a magic, magic number, a good number to, to talk about. And... Uh, some of them are going to be a little bit more fun. Some of them are going to be a little bit more serious, um, but they're everything me. And then I'll probably write an article a little bit further on this tomorrow. And then every day for the rest of the week, I'll share something cool about myself and maybe some insights and poetry from the book as well. And so if you are listening to this right now, wherever you're at, if you can do me a favor, go to the platform you're listening to it, review it, share it, uh, you know, just comment on this episode or any episode and let me know what you think um, because it's how we get into the ears and eyes of others navigating tough transitions and it would mean the world to me. So without further ado, let's get into the Monday podcast. Hey, I'm George Clancy's and welcome to the Art of Tough Transitions podcast. I'm a writer, I'm a personal coach, I'm dad, but more importantly, I'm exactly like you. I know what it feels like to want to reach into your past and change anything you could have done differently to erase all the events that you wish didn't happen. You know, after going through my own rebirth, I've realized there really is nowhere to go in our lives. Then maybe the purpose of our lives is to not try to change the outcome of what we might be facing, but to simply be with our lives with as little as resistance as we can create. You know, if everything starts with a story, these stories I will share and the guests I will bring on will give you the power to free yourself from the heaviness you might be feeling during your transition. The purpose of this podcast is to show you that you are not alone in the world. Whatever is happening at this moment in your life, when you feel lost, couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. When you find the strength to step towards living the edges of the unknown, you begin to accept your entire life story rather than resist it. You know, one day you'll be able to look back and see that this day was a defining moment for you. You might not see this right now because you are finding ways to step between the spaces, but I promise you will love, you will laugh and smile again. Someday you will tell your story that the challenges you are facing right now did not crush your soul, or break your heart. They made you open because your voice matters. It always has. And so do you. Welcome to the Art of Tough Transitions podcast. Wow, I can't believe I'm going to be 37 tomorrow. And while it's not a special age and it's not that old or not that young, uh, I have a lot to say, and I'm really excited to share some revelations I've learned in life. Uh, 10 of them. I'm not really sure why I did 10 of them. It just made sense to me. Yesterday, I sent out an email to some of my clients with three of the biggest ones, and I'm going to share those with you today, and I'm sure I'll expand upon them on an article or something. But uh, anyways, let's get into it. These are some of the things that I've learned, and uh, I believe that are important to me, and I feel like you could also use them wherever you're at in your life. So the first one is we have nowhere to go. Yes, it happens to be the title of my book, but it's definitely something I have learned to embrace because if there's anything I've learned in this short life is that no matter where we're at, the same result for all of us is the same. It's death. And so no matter how fast you live your life or how far you want to run or how many things you want to run from, 
There are parts of you that just don't disappear. In fact, no matter what you do, they follow you around everywhere you go, even if you do the work. All right. And so for me, these parts often find me when I least expect them. And yes, I'm doing well these days, but doubt, fear, anger, and that wild man, they still come up. And when they do, sometimes I think about running, but I've learned to breathe through them. And to me, this proves that I'm growing and also shedding layers of myself, but it also proves that there's really nowhere to go because life isn't about achievements or milestones or, or these massive things in our lives. It's really how we show up every day we get a chance to breathe. Because no matter what we are doing, there are parts of us that will always live within. Yeah, some of them will probably die as we grow and get older, but they still stay with us. And to me, I've learned it's not a bad thing. It means that we're human. And I will always continue to work on myself. And so whatever doing the work means to you, it never stops. And if you feel discomfort in your life, that's a good sign you're growing. It's a good sign you're learning to shed old identities and beliefs. And so as I speak to you today, I know that the old George still lives within me, but I'm just finding more courage and strength to listen to him less, to shed those identities, to shed those old stories, to shed those old beliefs. And it's really led to many amazing things in my life sobriety, healthier life, freedom, better connection with my daughter. All these things that I once thought was never possible, they're possible right now. And so wherever you're at, acknowledge all of who you are, then keep showing up every fucking day because the world needs better humans. And remember, you have nowhere to go. Number two is a little bit more fun, ice cream. I love ice cream. It connects me back to being a big, uh, like a, a little kid again. And the reason why I love ice cream so much is I was thinking about this is because when I was a kid, we had those ice cream trucks and you know I didn't have a lot of money growing up and it, it, we didn't really get them that much. So it was a privilege. And now today I love ice cream because I get to buy it whenever I want and it's fun. There's so many different flavors and not to mention I get to do it with my daughter. We do it like on every long weekend I have her. Not every day, but we get it a lot, even in the winter. And it's just a lot of fun to see her smile and the different connections. It's, a, it's something I hope that we continue to do through the rest of our lives until she tells me no, <laughs> but hopefully that never happens. Uh, anyways, cookies and cream is my favorite. Um, so what is yours? Let me know. Number three this is a little bit deeper. This is a serious one. Sex is not what I thought. It's one of the biggest revelations I've actually had. And so some of you know, some of you might not know, I took a whole year off from dating and all things sex after divorce. And I learned a lot about connection and desire and intimacy and who I was as a man. Most importantly, I learned that sex isn't just something we do. It's a place we go. And Esther Perel said that. It's like a journey of exploration, either with ourselves or another human. It doesn't matter, right? And so in this process, I learned about like what my true love languages were and who I was as a man and what I valued and what I needed and what I desired. And I also realized that most of my life, I was afraid to express the side of me. And I attached like sex to my self-worth. And I'm still working through a lot of that. And I don't want to get too deep in this because I could talk about it all day. But really what I've learned is that sex is not tied to my self-worth, right? 
and is the biggest revelation from a year-long adventure was that if I don't like who I am, if I'm living outside of my body, which I was, then it's going to be hard to get close to someone and let them in, right? That's why my self-worth was attached to sex and achievements and outcomes and all this stuff. But now I'm learning to develop a better relationship with my body, which means that I have a better connection, which means in turns I'm more honest with people and it leads to a lot better sex. Because in the past, if I got numb, which I did a lot, then no one could respond to what I really wanted. Neither could I. And so if you cannot maintain a connection to yourself, what does that mean for others? Right? It's going to be hard for others to see you, to feel you. It's going to be hard for you to express who you are and what you want because you're so dis- disconnected from yourself. So I believe that sex on all levels is about being connected to your body because good connections begin when we're fully embodied and present with ourselves. And if you don't like who you are and have a hard time being present in the smaller moments, chances are you're going to check out when you have sex, just like I did. So I learned right now to connect all of who I was when I took that year off. And it taught me to own who I am. It taught me to understand my desires, my needs, and, and what I was really looking for sexually and not be ashamed of it. It also taught me not how, how not to tie my self-worth to sex. And I can slow way down now. And there's definitely something said to being slow in life, especially when it comes to intimacy and sex. <laughs> Because uh, I'm sure maybe you heard it, maybe not, but I definitely disguised or replaced intensity for intimacy, right? And now I no longer do that. I slow down. And if I move fast, I take a step back after and I reevaluate the situation and slow down. All in all, I learned that you need to be able to enjoy everything you are before you can let someone fully experience who you are. And maybe this will change as I get older, but for now, I'm exploring it on a deeper level. And this is how I feel. Number four, not as deep, a little bit more fun. I really appreciate that first sip of coffee in the morning in silence. I'm going to say that again. Silence and coffee in the morning is amazing. I've actually become a coffee snob and I have a fancy Nespresso machine. They're awesome. It, it creates like this perfect, creamy, tasty smoothie cup. It's, it's, it's heaven. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that first sip, it it reminds me of the privilege of being alive and and how hard I've worked in life. And, you know, I just appreciate it all. And silence in the, in the morning is golden, especially as a five-year-old, especially as a, as a father to a crazy five-year-old. And so, you know, after I wake up and do my little, you know, thankfulness chant and put my feet on the ground and thank the universe and God for being alive, I have my hydration cocktail. I press that button and it's like. I'm just so proud of myself for everything I am and enjoy that first sip of coffee. I'm I'm just very thankful for that. Anyways, number five, a little bit more deep. I can do anything. And so can you. After writing a book, I sat there and thought about all I've gone through in my short life. And I've been through a lot. I mean, a fucking lot. Marine Corps, death, you know, over 40 countries, divorce, depression, suicide attempts, MBAs, different career changes, fatherhood, you name it, right? I don't say that to like brag. I say it with humility, but I believe that I can make it through anything and do whatever it is I want to. I never used to own this. Like, look at my story. I used to be ashamed for all the things I've done. 
But now all the events that happened to me over the last few years taught me that I can really do anything. And I believe that you can too, but you have to be able to take a step back and reflect and really look at how far you've come and appreciate all that, no matter how hard it may seem. So for me, I'm going to keep pushing my limits. I'm going to keep going on crazy adventures. I'm going to keep challenging my body. I'm going to keep writing more. Because now I know the only thing that stands in my way is that man in the mirror. And rather than fight him, I'm learning to accept him. It feels pretty fucking good. Which brings me to number six. I'm still going to push my body to extremes. It's just what I need. It makes me feel grounded. You know, after a year and a half off, I'm really pushing my body because of the COVID chaos, like many people. It feels good to, you know, get out there and challenge my body again. In fact, next month for Father's Day, I'm running up Mount Washington. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm not even ready for it. But anyways, we're going to have fun with it. Something about that reward, uh, just something about challenging my body past extreme limits makes me feel good. But I think the difference I've learned in over the last, you know, few years, but 37 years of my life of doing this craziness is that I'm not beating myself up for missing a workout. I'm not treating my body like a machine. I'm actually getting into my body and moving with it and acknowledging that I love the challenge. It keeps me grounded and connected to all of who I am, right? But I'm not getting mad if I miss a workout. I'm not getting mad if my workout's not like amazing. I'm not getting mad if I don't get to lift heavy. I'm just enjoying the different facets and moving my body with life and it feels good. Number seven, fatherhood. This one I had to think about, really. I was writing in my journal yesterday. It really is one of the most challenging things I've experienced, but also one of the most rewarding and healing, right? I had to think about this. So we all have this inner child that lives within us. It's like the core of who we are. You know, this thing, this inner child, this presence, it's really made up of everything that we received and learned in our childhood. And it's how we kind of accept all of who we are, maybe parent ourselves as we'll call it, right? And so some of us painful traumatic experiences, some of us don't, you know, whatever it is, right? This, this child, this lost person lives deep within our wounds. And so obviously we can't go back in time, but I really believe that parenting, fatherhood, gives me a chance to connect with that lost boy in me that felt abandoned and rejected because I get to heal myself through my daughter. And I learn the ways of the world through the love and the respect that I never felt like I had. And so this is an amazing feeling. Recently with her, I started doing morning and evening affirmations. I am brave. I am strong. I am loved. I am worthy. And at first she was like quiet, but she's getting louder and she's shouting them now. And I can see a difference in our life, but I can also see a difference in our connection. And she might not even know it, but she is healing me more than ever. And it's the coolest feeling in the world. Number eight, dating is a fucking strange process, but also a healing one. <laughs> So yeah, I started dating again. It's kind of fun. It's kind of awkward. It's kind of frustrating. You name it. All the things, right? Um, but I'm at a place in my life where I know that I'm very confident with myself and I've done the work to know what I want and that I won't settle for anything. And I hope that someone comes into my life also doesn't settle, right? 
because now I have more confidence into asking for what I want, into expressing it, not being afraid of the outcome. Um, and I have a deeper sense of self-trust and self-worth within myself, right? I've also realized that, you know, dating, while frustrating as it can be, is also a healing process. It allows me to see who I am underneath it all, but also allows me to choose, right? And I, I'm learning to be careful. Like, am I really guarding my heart or is it open? You know, I'm still kind of figuring that things out, but I, I know my voice. I know how to not detach my self-worth to outcomes or people or not lose myself in the process. And this is why I believe dating is healing. And so I'm learning through this whole entire process to not be afraid to express what I want, to own up what I want, but also not settle. And it's absolutely amazing. Number nine, asking for help is one of the most important things we can do in for life. Yep, this took me a lot. It took me to get hit by a cosmic two by four to figure this fucking one out. <laughs> I'm leaning into this hard, especially as I get my book uh, ready for release. I have coaches, men's group, accountability partners, and everything in between. Why? Because it's a sign of strength to me. And I went the majority of my life never asking for help. Even in the Marine Corps, yeah, sure, I delegate things because I was a leader, but I never asked for help for, on, um, for leaders above me. Like, yeah, I got this, no worries. I just do it. And that carried over to everything. So today I believe in surrounding myself with people who want to do better in the world, who are on the same path that I want to be on. And this realization means I can't do it alone. I can't. It's just, it's not possible. A lone wolf will not survive as, as you know, Trevor Bowen says. So it's time, time to change all that. And I know it. And so I also know that when I ask for help, right, other people can see parts of me that I'm not able to see. And in turn, I know that the work I'm doing is not only for myself, but for many others too. So asking for help is a sign of strength. The last one, because I feel like I could talk all day on this one. Laugh every damn day and spend time with your family. So I think I'm getting the laugh every damn day thing going because I have you know, a five-year-old. She's always making me laugh. Um, you know, spending time with your family is something I'm learning to do a little bit more. And it's not easy, you know, especially because I wasn't close growing up. Um, but as I watch Melina grow, my dad slowly pass. I'm getting better with it. And uh, you know, I don't know how much longer my dad has. I really don't. Um, it's sad. And we need to remember this, that life is, is too precious. And where we're at, you know, our family can do a lot for us and so can laughing. So laugh, smile, connect with your family because you never know when it could be your last breath or theirs. All right. So those are the 10 revelations I've had at 37, deep and fun. Thanks for playing along. Thanks for listening. You know, this week I'm going to be sharing a bunch of things about me. So if you're not connected with me on Instagram, make sure you are. Uh, if not, you can reach out to me on Facebook. Anyways, you can check out my website. Uh, I'm really excited for some cool things, uh, you know, in the next few weeks for the pre-launch journey about my book. And when that is ready, and if you sign up, you're going to get, you know, I've ever seen essays and poems from the book, plus sentence sams and deep things that I work with that are not seen anywhere else. So I'm really excited to provide that. 
Um, you know, if you found this very, very useful, please, please do me a favor, share it, review it. Let me know what you think. And I hope you guys have an amazing week. So this is 37. Love you. Peace.